when you were in New York or before you moved to Europe, what was your uh, musical life like then? Uh, you, you were saying earlier you were working in the finance industry, let's call it that. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, what was it, stockbroker? Is that right? Yeah, well, that, that's basically the license that I had. But I did, I did stocks, bonds, mutual funds, insurance, and, and mortgages and credit. Good. And yeah. I wanted to eventually get into like real estate or something. But, but um, yeah, but. Yeah, I was what you would call a middle a middle class musician, you know, back then. Um, we all got to eat, uh, man. So, <laughs> well, that's the thing, you know. So, what happened was, um, I had a lot of friends, you know, and they said, until I got into my forties, I stopped worrying about this thing. Are you a professional musician? Because you have to do something else to put food on the table, and the the. The musician's economic model of just even 20 years ago, let alone from when I started, is just, it's another planet now. It's another epoch. It just does not exist anymore. So there's no way. All the musicians I know that only make their money from music, they teach and they gig. And they make all their money from teaching and they gig because they have to gig because so my musical life in New York was when I was like, yeah, let's say 18 and so when I had to have a day job, I was always gigging on weekends, basically just playing covers. I didn't play any jazz back then. I, I played really mediocre covers at weddings and in bars, you know? That sounds or like some, my musical career to date then, uh, Robert. Or some, kind of, or some kind of like, you know, town festival outside where they have a small gazebo and mm. the local people are there, you know, like that kind of thing. It was never like any big thing. There were a couple of guys in my hometown that were playing in Europe. There's a great drummer from my hometown named Abe Speller who used to play with Sonny Chirac, who was the one like musical person that got famous from my hometown that was born in my hometown because Peter Frampton lived in my hometown, but he wasn't born there. Right. Peter Falk lived in my hometown, but he wasn't born there. You know, Howard Peters where you were growing up there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was a damn Petersboro. It was, but, but, um, uh, yeah, I forgot. Now I forgot. I lost my way, Craig. You have to help me out. We, yeah, so when you were playing like these kind of smaller gigs locally and uh, that, yeah. so, uh, you know. So I, I was just playing like events. Events were where the money was, you know. And in an event, you'd play, you know, New York, New York, and you'd play the latest disco things, just like any event band does now. And, and, and there was a time when I was a musical snob where I frowned upon that, you know. And, and I thought, I don't have to prove that I'm a musician to play this crap. You know, I got to play art, you know, <laughs> and and it's all music, you know, so I, I don't really have that attitude anymore. I just don't like to play any music without soul and in a mediocre way. You know, if I'm going to play bad jazz standards and mediocre covers at this point in my life, I'd rather stay home and watch Netflix. <laughs> <You know? laughs> It's a very philosophical point of view, Robert. But uh, I, I think at least you're a, a man of integrity or a man of your word then, right? So it's it's more about the, but I would the bet passion money. and the feeling for music. I would bet money that that comes out in the music. 
And that's the point. Exactly. Yeah. And I think the, these are maybe some of the characteristics that are not taken into consideration by people who don't play music. Maybe they don't, they're not interested in music or, or any kind of arts, but the, these are things that are, some of them are not tangible, right? You can't, the only way you can just show it is through the music or through the art, whatever it is you're performing right. or producing. That's, that's, that's how you show it. And for other people, but, they, but, it's how they measure it. You know, it's this kind of barometer, the scale of, well, or, you know, it's it, whatever, you know, but to well, you, it can mean everything. Yeah. You know, that's, that's another thing. The perception of music has changed since say the sixties, you know, or, at the time, the music, like, um, it's a great quote that they, people float around on social media about Herbie Hancock. Why isn't jazz important today? And he said, because the people don't want to hear about the music. They want to hear about the celebrity behind the person who's doing the music. They're more interested in what clothes he wears, how much money he makes, and they're not listening to the music. And, and another thing I want to say, because the musical landscape has changed, only certain people can survive in the music business. And those people are certain people whose families had more money than other people. So they don't have the struggle that the other people had. And you don't hear that in the music. For me, the grease and sweat and blood is missing because the people are playing it where our upper up, up, up upper class twats, you know, and, <laughs> and no, it's not like 100%, don't get me wrong, but, but that's there's really a, there's one the element of that, right? There's a, yeah, because what do you do? You, if you're 30 or 40 years old, you're not really making any money. You got to do your art and you got to prove it. You know, there's, there's always, you know, the weird thing is my father was a musician. My mother was the wife of a musician whose brother was also a singer. And she, she was basically like, I don't want you to have the life that these people had. I want you to have money. And my father was like, music is music, 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 you know? So it was <laughs> through my whole life. There's always been this like thing, this voice over my shoulder, you know, you got to make money and you got to do this and you got to do that. And yes, we all have to do that. But one thing I learned from the money business, because I'm from a family who was on social assistance at some times when I was a kid, you know, and I got to handling one, two, three million dollars of people's money and making money off of that. And I'm surprised that people like that even let me in the room. <laughs> but for whatever reason, I got in the room and I got to do what I what I do. So without that, you know, music is life. And everything that happens in life comes out in the music. So if your life is like um, all, you know, rose-colored glasses, the music is not going to – this music is only going to be interesting for a short time. You know what I mean? You know? So that's why move on. The, some, the music is kind of watered down because there isn't that struggle and that, and that uh, fighting against the – in my time, it was the Vietnam War or whatever – now, you know, Pink during during the Iraq War, Pink had a song. I don't know any of her music, but I respect her as an artist. She had a song, President, Mr. President, How Can You Sleep? And it was banned. 
It's banned like it was North Korea or fucking China in America, you know? Uh, my friend and I so had a conversation point. about this a couple of podcasts ago. And yeah, what was it called? The NCA or whatever it was called? Like the, it was these politicians' wives who got together and they basically put the stickers on the CD box, uh, the CD cases, you know, the advisory yeah, yeah. lyrics and all that kind of stuff. All these pricks. Right. Who are yeah, it was Tipper Gord. Right? Tipper Gord. Al Gore's yeah, that's right. Tipper right. Gord. They get nothing else Zappa. to do, man. You know? yeah. <laughs> right. So exactly. my friend and I were having a. nothing else to do. A shout out to Mark and I. Uh, we, we we did a podcast, not last one, one before, and we were talking about. Actually, we were talking about the Frank Zappa autobiography. I don't know if you've oh. read it. I haven't read I've it. I've read myself, it, but it's it's now on my to do uh, yeah, to do list. It? I haven't. No. Okay. So uh, do you know? Do you know that there is a story that Frank Zappa ate shit live on stage? Have you ever heard that story? Uh. Uh, murmurings off it, you know, uh, yeah, through the... Because, because they said, like, late, late conversations in pubs bit of bat's but... neck. Yeah, so there's another one that Alice Cooper bit of bat's neck and, the, and bled on stage and whatever. So the beginning of Frank Zappa's autobiography was, the closest I ever came to eating shit was at a Holiday Inn breakfast buffet on tour in the south of the United States. <laughs> What an opening, man. Well, he's definitely a poet, you know. No, he's a genius, man. He was a genius. Yeah, he totally was not man. only a genius in his music, he was a so socially a genius as well. Yeah. I mean, I mean an interesting man in, in he many put, respects. He you know? put his money where his mouth is. He stood up into Congress and said, what you're doing is wrong. And I represent the people who are middle class who don't basically don't have a voice. How come there are no middle class people in Congress and the Senate? You know? You're all rich people, business people, taking care of each other while we pay for you to continue to be rich. <laughs> you know? Amen. <laughs> you can't really can't really argue with that, man. Like I'm preaching, don't get don't get me started. No, not at all, man. The as we one of the other things I, I I'd like to kind of bring up, Robert, is so it, is it is it even relatively easy to compare these three musical backgrounds let's say that your your american life your austrian life and now your life in spain whether that's personal or musical or all together but what's the to kind of compare and contrast these because they're three completely different i will have i do have to say you know, any any person in the area that they are they know that you know they hear about what's outside that, but what they know is where they are, right? And America's a really big country because of television. You find out what's going on in California. That's six hours by plane. So that would be like five other countries in Europe, you know what I mean? So I was lucky that I grew up when my mother used to take us to the beach. She always liked to have the radio on, and it was only AM back then. There was no FM. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, how, that's how old I am. Well, and, my first car only had the AM in it as well. And so, yeah, I remember those days well. You know. So, you know what it would be? It would be like right. Beatles, Mamas and Papas, Nat King Cole, Beethoven, James Brown. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you could just like, it was just that. And, and other cultures and other cities don't have that, you know? Like Jerry Seinfeld said one time, um, 
he did two of the comedians in cars getting coffee with Alec Baldwin, and they're both from Massapequa, Long Island. And he says, you don't realize how good the service is in New York until you leave New York. And it's absolutely true. I've been in restaurants in all over Europe and and some in South America or, or at least Central America and Canada. And it's true. So the other thing about musically in New York, there was no musical prejudice. If you were a classical musician, maybe you would say, I don't like jazz. But that only happened from like this 65 to 70, 75, 80. After that, the classical musicians were into jazz. The jazz musicians were into classical music. And there was no barrier, you know. That's why I I, I equate um, jazz purists with religious fundamentalists, <laughs> <laughs> you know. I'm glad you say that, not me. <laughs> but it's, it's just so absolutely outrageously ridiculous, you know. It's just music. Shut the fuck up and play or don't say anything. You know, that's it. And you can play or you can't. There we go. And, exactly. Do you think you listen, that's a lot of, do you think that, oh, go on, sorry, go on. No, and if you listen, the music will tell you what to do. So if you're playing Celtic music, you're not going to do a funk beat. If you're playing <laughs> Latin music, you're not going to play a blues shuffle. You know, you have to intuitively. And that's it. Shut up and play. <laughs> the music's bigger than you. You can never tell the music what to do. It's the other way around, you know? <laughs> amen again. I've got lots of amens today. I'm not even religious, you know? So, like, you're, you're, <laughs> the, the music, maybe the, the music, the religion of music is pouring out of me. Maybe that's what it is, you know? Maybe I've been, <laughs> I've been deprived the last few years of it. I haven't actually played drums in, oh man. It's been so what do you time. play? I see your guitar behind there. What oh, do you yeah, play? I'm, I'm also a drummer who plays guitar at home. I I like to just. What's your first instrument? Drums or guitar? Uh, drums. 